Hey everybody, it's Dan Morell, host of Skydeck. We're covering a topic that's backed by popular demand. Last year, we set up a recording tent on Spangler Lawn and asked alumni returning for reunions a simple question. What was your first job and what did it teach you? The first collection of these that we ran last year has been one of our most popular episodes to date, so we decided to put together a second collection of those conversations. One quick note, the first interview was recorded in our offices and the rest of them took place on campus during reunions. Okay, on to the episode. I'm Jimmy Childry from OPM 18. When I finished college, I went to work in my father's automobile dealership. I had grown up in the business all of my career, and when I finished college and came back, I was a full-time employee for the first time. After a year or so, I was promoted to work under my dad as one of the department managers. And within a few months, I realized that I was developing personal conflict with one of my coworkers, a manager from a different department. He and I had had a wonderful relationship as I was growing up in the business. But now that I had come back and joined the business and had been promoted to manager, I felt like the relationship was deteriorating. I concluded that it was all his fault. Well, after several complaints from the customers or other staff members, I began to share with my father that I thought this manager was not doing his job. And one Friday afternoon, I walked into my father's office with a complaint my father was working on it at his desk. He never looked up as he heard me out. And then he said, Jimmy, if you want to, just go fire him. I'm really tired of hearing about all of these complaints. And I asked my dad to repeat it. I said, Daddy, tell me that again. He said, Son, if you want to, go fire him. And I stood up proudly and thought about my mission. And as I was walking out the door, my dad looked up and said, son, when you finish firing my manager, I expect you to replace him with your manager, and yours better be as good as mine. So as I was on the way back to take care of the job at hand, I stopped in my office, and I sat down and I started reflecting. The first thing I was concerned about, where am I going to find a manager to replace him? This was a difficult department to find just anyone. And then I started wondering, was the problem really all him, or could it be me? as well. So I came up with another strategy for Monday morning, and that is to start trying to rebuild our relationship. And instead of finding fault and blame with everything that went wrong in that department, could I help offer solutions and actually be there to carry out the solutions? I did, and it worked wonderfully well. Within the year, our relationship was good, both departments were succeeding, and this manager retired. Two years later, I found myself opening my own auto dealership in our community, and it was time to hire my own staff. I went to this gentleman's house, sat on the back porch, talked him out of retirement, and asked him to manage the same department in my new dealership. He did until he retired for the second time. The great lesson learned for me was anyone can go fire someone. It takes more effort, but the rewards are so much greater to solve the problem that exists, whether it's a relationship problem or a process problem or a resource-based problem, so that all the stakeholders can succeed. I've had an additional career in healthcare. I've been the CEO of my local hospital, and I took these same principles forward there. And instead of looking for blame and firing people, we moved the culture to one of accountability and people working together to solve problems. This is Chuck Callen, 1982. My first job, oh, that's going back a ways. Well, I guess I was 
somewhat industrious as a kid and I used to rake leaves and stack wood, cut grass for people in the neighborhood when I was probably eight, nine, ten years old. One of the things that was special to me about that was that I did it for elderly people. My neighbors were advanced in years and I loved talking with them just to hear their life lessons mm -hmm. and all about their experiences. That was something that grounded me even more, I guess, in ways than the kids in the neighborhood. These were people that had just tremendous love. And it was everything from, I think, those bigger lessons to little things like how to properly prune a rose bush and put it up for winter. Mitch Hill, and I was in Section F in the class of 87. So first job was working in the investment banking division for Goldman Sachs. And it was kind of an interesting experience I thought I'd share quickly. We started the training program in about September of 1987. In October of 1987, there was a big stock market crash. And we had a six-week training program, so we were going through the training. And one day, we were there in the conference room at Goldman, and all the partners disappear. So we're sitting there, there's about 100 of us as the new associates. And they were gone, and so we were just looking around, you know, what should we do? And about an hour later, they came back and we said, what's going on? They said, well, you know, there's a huge stock market crash today. We've been upstairs in the conference room meeting trying to figure out if we're going to fire you guys or not. But, you know, things turned around and uh, I was with Goldman for about four and a half years, uh, two years in New York and then a couple years in Los Angeles. Uh, and it was a wonderful first place to work, very tough place to work um, in terms of hours and things like mm -hmm. that. And we had uh, decided to live in suburban New Jersey place called Milburn Short Hills and so I would ride the train to work and I always take the black car home because you really never came home until midnight or something like that um, and people ask me to this day hey what was it like to live in New Jersey you know and I'm just like uh, you know I don't actually know I, I can't tell you much I can't tell you much about New Jersey yeah, at all <laughs> I think uh, I sometimes see younger people today and they say well I don't want to work at a place where they're really requires a lot of hours and sacrifice and things like that because you know I'm not in for that and um, I think that could be a mistake you know so I think sometimes people will be a little bit too much in a hurry to say oh here's what I want to do long term and so I got to jump in and do that right now but to have the opportunity to work for a really well-established company that's a big brand and to do that for a few years I would recommend that actually for most people I'm John Fitzgerald, class of 97. So my first job out of business school was executive assistant to the CEO of my old company. And uh, really interesting actually because when I went in to interview with uh, Kerner, um, he said, I got about 30% of your time. You know, I need that for, for projects that I have. The rest of it, we're doing a turnaround of an 8,000 person company and they need people who can add value. So I had this amazing job for two years where I had to figure out my own job inside in this company. Uh, I learned how to be an entrepreneur from inside be inside the company. I learned how to go find value. I learned how to uh, bring people with you uh, as you're turning something around. Today I've, I'm the yeah, founder, of, I founded several companies um, and um, yeah, those are skills that never leave you. You know, I mean, the greatest way to create value is to be able to connect dots, find where the value is that other people aren't, aren't uh, seeing, and then visualizing it. 
um, and then putting a team together to capture that value. My name is Jennifer Tisdell Schorsch and I'm MBA class of 1992. My first job was in a shoe store and my responsibility was to be the only salesperson selling shoes to mostly women who only wanted to try on shoes. There was a lot of box carrying, there was a lot of different sizes, colors, heel height and very little buying going on. So it did teach me to be um, persistent and responsible with regard to recognizing not everyone was going to buy the shoes mm -hmm. um, and also with regard to just taking my job seriously and being responsible and it was also you know as a first job you have to show up on time I was opening I was rather I was closing the store at night and so there was a lot to be done in terms of making sure that um, everything was safe and secure so I think I learned um, persistence patience and responsibility Jugal Chaudhary AMP 2012. My first job was with a company called Babcock and Wilcox uh, designing boilers. Uh, so I joined straight out of my engineering school, started the job. Uh, to me, I think uh, I was one of the brightest students in the school, but when it, when it came to doing a real job, uh, things were slightly different. Uh, at school, you could just be right, and that was great, and at work, you needed to do things in a way which could be implemented so it's not just being right it's being practical about other people's preferences about the economics of the whole thing uh, so a lot of other constraints came in which kind of made me think differently I think most of us realize that perhaps uh, and, and we do become wiser if you call it uh, about other things prior to that experience it was just being correct just being right technically the best solution etc not bothering too much about I will have to convince 10 other people before I can do it. Stephen Torak, uh, class of 1977. First meaningful job was actually before business school out of college waiting to go to business school. I had uh, taken a degree uh, from a little large college in medieval history and the only job I could get at the last minute was a junior cost accounting trainee at an automotive machining plant, wherein I learned uh, the wisdom of going to, on for further education, the discipline of making sure all the numbers actually add up across and down, and uh, uh, that in fact a lot of people have a whole lot more to contribute uh, than uh, uh, those of us from elite Eastern prep schools think we did. Mauricio Gonzalez, uh, class of 1982, Section I, Skydeck. My first job was as a, a consultant for BCG, for Boston Consulting Group in London. And it was wonderful because um, I actually spent um, you know, five years there and traveled uh, a lot because at that time there weren't uh, that many offices. And so out of a London office, we covered um, Scandinavia, Ireland, all the British Isles, we had Holland and the Netherlands and Spain and Portugal as well as South America. So <laughs> I spent my time in many of those countries and it was just a wonderful internationalization if you want to call it that because I, in those five years I, I spent the vast majority of my time outside the UK and so I was pretty much returning to London for the weekends. Well, I learned a lot about that, about strategy and looking at the big picture. Um, you're trying to really find some kind of an insight into how the business model might work. 
And so by seeing the, the several industries in a very short period of time, um, then it really did uh, teach me how to, how to think strategically. I think it's something that served me, served me very well the rest of my life. The other thing I want to highlight that served me a lot was presentation skills. Um, because uh, the president would have to give presentations frequently to senior management and one develops uh, very good presentation skills, the way one writes one's slides, the way the story one tells. Um, and, 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 and so that work was, was, was very relevant in that area and it served me the rest of my career. Brent Dibner, class of 1977, section H. The story that I will tell is the one after I graduated the B school. In our freshman year, we had a class, a case that was called the chicken lens case. I don't know if it survived. It was about a farmer in California who invented contact lenses to prevent chickens from attacking each other. We went through the case and most of us didn't believe it was real. And by coincidence, sitting up in the sky deck of the, the room in Aldridge was the actual man who had invented the chicken lenses who was a simple Californian chicken farmer and his son who had graduated from HBS a few years before and suddenly we all thought well these are actors <laughs> and the, the, the two of them came down and they answered questions and at the end of the class um, someone said well he he has gone to the Merchant Marine Academy and he's some kind of a management consultant the young son and so I went down to meet him because I was from the marine industry wanted to continue in it and so I walked over and that led to meeting each other and he said well I work in Wellesley here's the name of the firm contact me we might be interested in talking to you and the long and the short of it it, it led to a wonderful 25-year career the, the firm had been founded by three HBS graduates it, at the time it had fewer than 20 people when I joined I was the 25th and the long story short is I worked there for 25 years. Today, that core, through many, many, many mergers and acquisitions and takeovers, is the third or fourth largest pure management consulting firm in the world, Oliver Wyman. And we rode that horse for 25 of those years, not to the peak it is today. Mm -hmm. We didn't have the greatness. But we, as, but we left it as, as a firm of thousands. So that's my story. I followed what I loved. I heard a case about chicken lenses, and, I, and my whole career was shaped by this. Kevin Murphy, MBA, 1982. The first job my son had was when he was six years old, and I encouraged him to go around the neighborhood putting numbers up on houses. And as we did that together, we learned all the basic principles of HBS marketing class. One, well, the first place he got to was uh, they needed numbers and so they said how much? And so he, he knew how much he paid for the numbers but he couldn't figure out what to charge. So with a little encouragement from his dad he learned value pricing. Uh, what's the value of this problem you're solving to these people? The next thing he came up and, and uh, he said, well, you know, the firemen are going to get to your house quicker. And then the guy said, well, yeah, but also my pizzas will get here quicker. So now he had a new marketing line. And the, the third strat the third house we went to, he asked the guy, where is your wife? And I was wondering, why is this guy asking him where his wife is? And he says, well, she's out shopping. He says, well, because when she gets home and sees these numbers, she's going to be very happy with you. So now he was innovating his own marketing strategies. And of course, when we got home and you added up the sales versus the inventory, there's a difference between profit 
and you know how much you spent for these things and how much you made. So he learned kind of the difference between an income statement and a balance sheet and the cost of inventory, so and cost of goods sold. How old is your son today? He, today he's 25 and he's working on Wall Street. Skydeck is produced by the External Relations Department at Harvard Business School and edited by Craig McDonald. It is available at iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. For more information or to find archived episodes, visit alumni.hbs.edu slash skydeck.